Welcome to the Clobbercast, proudly presented to you from Clobbercall, all the way from Sheffield, England. Ben, Glenn, take it away. How are we doing, Glenn? I'm very well. Yourself? Yeah, not bad at all. How was your uh, microphone positioned? Uh, nice. The nice. best ever. The best it's <laughs> ever been. I feel really content. This is uh, this this what Glenn talking to himself just before we went live on air yeah. about how nice his microphone was. I know. I've, we've got a new desk. Yeah. Um, and I've also got a new office chair. Yeah. You've got I one know. of the old ones. Sorry, but yeah. I've got a. Uh, fine. I've got a nice one. I like this one. It's furry. <laughs> cool. Anyway. Uh, you introduce, I'm going to have a swig of Strongbow. Okay, mate, no worries. Yeah, tonight we're speaking to Steve from Barnes & More Leatherworks. Steve is based down in Birmingham. In the Midlands. In the Midlands. Uh, excellent product, really good stuff, strong as an ox, and we recently did a collaboration belt with him called the Railroader. Which is meant? Yeah, I, well, I spoke just, well, I think it is, but then, you know. No, I really <laughs> like it, and I, I've been quite vocal on Instagram about it that I love it uh, but I've not got around to it yet no it uh, I don't think we had yours I think we sold out of your yeah, size yeah I had take a 34 and that's obviously gone yeah uh, well, well a few a few well, of them. Well, the 32s of and the 34s just go very quick but we can order one of we can order another little run <laughs> of Steve yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so we're going to talk about that basically I spoke to Steve about how I've always worn vintage railroad belts with the double prongs and the brass buckles and I've just always preferred them to a belt with a single prong, always. Yeah. Uh, and me and Steve got talking and Steve were like, yeah, I'd really like to have a go at something like that. And uh, we said, shall we try doing something together? So I gave him my old belts. Vintage uh, some ones. Of them, yeah, some of them are 80, 90 years old. Jesus. And uh, he went away, um, suggested some different products and levers that we discussed. Uh, suggested how we could get the buckle sandcasted in the UK just for us so you can't buy the buckle wow. on anything else other than on the belt uh, and when I got the sample back I was like oh yeah mm-hmm. let's do it and is um, it one colour multiple colours what, 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 no, what it's, is it uh, it's veg tan okay I, I just uh for me when it comes to level like I just really like veg tan and tanning stuff up uh, I do understand that people like black and blue and ready tanned and burgundy and of course we'll stock all that stuff in other garments but in this belt right now it's just veg tan and i'm not going to go into the spec because obviously we'll talk about that in a little bit yeah yeah can i just uh, ask something on veg tan though yeah because it's it's not, I, it, it's it not was to do with vegetables no i know that i know <laughs> <laughs> still it's still from cows it's, um, it's, but obviously it's uh, around the the natural state and uncolored yes okay it's like skin yeah and for that reason because it's bare that it's not being dyed or anything mm-hmm. like that yeah i'm guessing knowing you that's why you like it because it's in its rawest format if you will yeah and then you you, can, you make it your own so it basically i don't know how to describe does it, it actually other than it gets a suntan so it actually tans itself <laughs> yeah. over time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't have to... I mean, some people can oil them up a bit and tan them, but uh, mine's never touched. I've got mine on, which you've seen. Yeah. Mine's never touched uh, any oil, to be honest. Maybe I should put some on, but it's uh, solid as a rock and how nice is it tanned up? Yeah, it's meant... And it's... 
better than the orig- original again, which comes back to yeah, it definitely the is. idea of everything yeah. that Clobbercam does. It's solid as a rock. This yeah. could uh, speaking of solid as a rock, yeah. changing subject slightly. I'm going to talk about Dwayne Johnson again. No, <laughs> I'm going to talk about these jeans I've got on under 25 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> Um, for some reason, they're not. It's not even that they're that heavy, but they're just really warm. They are. Tell so us, it's Tellison denim, fourteen seven five Groves. You've got the Sheffield on. No, I've not. Have you? Are you wearing your Labrooks? Yeah, I'm wearing my Labrooks. Yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, not my Sheffields today. Ah. Um, but the reason being is I've been in the meeting today, um, mm. which uh, is a very exciting project that I'm involved in. You're involved in, yeah. which we'll probably share on the podcast soon yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Definitely we down do, the yeah. line, but that's under wraps till the winter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these are really smart because the new, the they're definitely nowhere near worn. I've mm. had them on about half a dozen if that yeah yeah definitely six to ten times yeah um and they just feel really smart because i've also got my wings on yeah and again these have been on 20 times at most and they're pretty much like out of the box aren't they still yeah you're 8138 yeah they've yeah. gone light they have they've got a different color to yeah. mine yeah they're gone a bit lighter but i've only had them i've only had them on for light use <laughs> like these are like <laughs> no but these are like for like uh, you know I'm dressing up a little bit because I'm going to see a client I'm not wearing um, scuffed up denim I'm not wearing beat up boots I'm wearing crisp yeah. crisp stuff yeah uh, and my other like me naked and famous are battered one because I fell off my bike and I've had them on for like eight do you, months do you still wear them though? I love them yeah yeah, yeah. Faves, I don't they? know why but I seem to be like turning them up one more every time I put them on they're like almost <laughs> at my knees now <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wear them ones on my bike mainly or in the office mm-hmm. um, without socks and vans or I wear my real beat up red wing yeah um, my other pair um, but yeah, that's the story of what I'm wearing and why I'm red hot today. It is red hot, to be honest. I'm, Lovely day again. I'm in my comfort. Oh, I'm in my uh, Clubbercam Supply Core tea. Yeah, you're in the Eat Dust Combat Linen Shirt. Yeah. Which is a great combination for hot weather. And what, what are them jeans? Edwin's. They're made, what, Rainbow Salvage? Still. Love them, didn't you? It's Love just, them. Uh, it's not even that Edwin are like my favourite brand or all like that, but I've this ED55 fit just fits me really comfortably. Well, and they're only 12 and a bit ounce, so it's all right for weather. I don't know if you can remember um, when I were moving on to jeans number two, yeah. you brought me them what you've got on, yeah. and these that I've got on now. Yeah, and I, 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 did. I, pick, I picked these ones. Yeah, you did. Uh, but yeah, I've seen, I, I picked these because I saw them worn yeah. and they look really nice, so it was like an aspiration. Yeah, Sean had some. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it. Uh, yeah, so that's that. Do you, guess what? Boot? Have you seen my boots yet? Uh, yeah, no. your monkey boot. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, I, oh, I heard oh, you clop in them actually. Oh, like they <laughs> clopped in a little bit, like a show pony. It's them day night soles. <laughs> they are so strong. And how are they? How 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 is uh, how all is that the boots stuff wearing? going off? Brilliant. Yeah, the solid is a rock. Have you seen guys on Instagram posting and that we am on? I've not seen much, to be honest. I, uh, I saw the launch stuff, but not much else other than that. Yeah, it's... Uh, well, we're, we're gearing up for second run now. Second run? October. All sold out? Uh, yeah, these have sold out. These were long gone. Well, I'd sold out these two days after we were in stock, but we're doing an all-leather pair for October. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's really good. Yeah. Um, Again, limited. There'll not be loads of them. So if you've got a pair, then you've got... You, once you've got them, you've got them. You've got them, yeah, but... 
uh, yeah so now but there's more about that to come down like there's loads of stuff to talk about as we get into well that's good because there. I don't know what to buy next and uh, me being me yeah. I like to buy stuff <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'd love to, I'd love to know what's coming up I don't really know what I um, want next I mean I, I, I wore my RGT floral uh, yesterday for the first time like it yeah, I do, yeah. I, I like do. mine, I love mine. Uh, They're sold out, though. I ain't got any more of them now. I'm thinking about uh, styling that with just a open with a T-shirt as well. Yeah. I'm going to give that one a whirl. Yeah, do it. Um, but yeah. It I, washes really good as well. Yeah. Washes fine. You ain't got to, like, worry about... Oh, you can just pretty yeah, wash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like... I don't it, know what I want next. It fades and all, you know, it's on. Does it? Yeah, it gets fades. Because of the way cool. it's dyed, yeah, which is pretty cool for a shirt. Yeah. Uh, I, I, well, I think you should buy a Clubber Cam Raglan baseball top that I'm getting tomorrow. <laughs> oh, is that, are they coming in tomorrow, though? Yeah, I'm getting t-shirts, raglans and sweaters. So I like sweaters, but I love massive sweaters. You'd love this sweater. Like XL. I, uh, Yeah, I kept one out at print and I thought, right, when everything's organic cotton and stuff, you never know. Yeah. So uh, I banged it in wash. I put it on, it fit perfectly. I banged it in wash. Uh Standard 40 degrees, put it out online. Thought, right, I'll try it back on. It's just, it's exactly the same. Oh, good. It's not even moved an inch. Still feels the same, still comfortable. So now we're like, yes. Nice These one. are going to be good. Yeah, well, I, well, not in this weather, but I like the old massive jumper. Mm. Massive hoodies as well. Like. Isn't it weird how when you get older, you like stuff a bit baggier? Yeah. Like, yeah. you feel like stuff clings to unsavoury places maybe yeah. a little bit too much <laughs> definitely like beer like beer guts yeah and moobs yeah <laughs> definitely uh, I got called sparrow legs in me uh, naked and famous the other day did you? yeah sparrow legs <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard that one since we were about 16 but thank you <laughs> oh dear so, so there's loads. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's loads to be uh, talking about regarding the store in yeah. the next what couple of podcasts? Yes. Two? Well, we've created. Uh, we're hosting the book launch. You know, for the of course brand. Um, uh, Denim Unbranded yeah, we spoke yeah, to yeah, Nick yeah. a few weeks ago we're doing that in the store the launch is on the 3rd of November and so we're going to do a UK Denim Hangs take a leaf out the Americans book yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're going to do a UK Denim Hangs in the store on that day so I've set up a group on Instagram between all the Brits and they're all uh, getting it sorted getting their hotels sorted getting the travel sorted coming up for a party Cool. Uh, I, I, I included you in it this afternoon. All right. Because I basically included everybody but you and Amanda. All right. <laughs> so apart from the actual team. <laughs> Fair enough. For some reason. I know when I'm not wanted. Yeah. And uh, guess who spotted you are missing? Uh, go on. Uh, well, I reckon if you just had a guess, we might get Daddy it. Neil. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he's hardcore. He, uh, he got your back man yeah cheers Neil uh, so there were you and I was like oh fuck and then I had a look and I was like oh Mandy you're not in it either oh, bloody <laughs> so hell I sorted him out oh good got you in yeah so that's Lovely. good we're doing that as well uh, so maybe Steve will drive up for that yeah yeah that'd be nice yeah Yeah. I really enjoyed that um, that workshop that they did on that open day yeah it's it was really really good did some belts and that so yeah it's everything's good man I'm just glad we're coming to tail end at summer because I did get my first autumn winter delivery this week 
Uh, I'm not going to say what it is at all yet because I haven't thought it and I'm, I'm not going to do all week for a couple of weeks. But it is a wool-lined Sherpa jacket. Oh, is it really? <laughs> that would be like wearing four pairs of them television jeans <laughs> in this weather. Yeah, they can stay in box for now. Because <laughs> it still looks like, well, it's still red hot and it yeah. doesn't look like it's going anywhere. No, not for a while. My wife's still buying garden furniture. <laughs> <laughs> still. Yeah, we're just waiting for it to turn. Yeah, honestly. In last week, we've had new patio set. Uh, we've had a wood burner for the garden. We've had six lavender plants and some new wood chip. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, she's still going for it. This summer is sticking around. Yeah, it is. Enjoy it while it's here. It could go right up to October. I know, but I really like winter though. Like that, I, like I've always been a winter fan. Like always, because well, I say it always. I've always been a winter fan from when I could like seventeen, eighteen, mm-hmm. because. I love winter markets. Mm-hmm. I love scarves. I love loads of jackets. You know what I mean? I mm. like, you know, I like to get wrapped up and mm. you can wear loads of clothes. Mm. Um, yeah, I, but with summer, it's like I'm shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, like summer's great for beer and mm. beer gardens, mm. but I sweat. Yeah. <laughs> I get red hot. Everything I, do, I can't move without sweating. Yeah, but somebody told me that means I've got a very efficient body. Really? <laughs> it could be could because have you me. drink too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and toxins are like, fucking come on! <laughs> yeah, I got told that when I was in China. Really? Like, there was this woman there who wasn't the same trip as me. Who <laughs> noticed you were sweating heavily. No, I just said, I'm just red out all the time. She went, that means that you've got a very efficient body. She says, I don't sweat at all. I'm like, what? Not even in this heat? She's like, no, no, I, I sweat never. Like, that's really bizarre. Did you ask her if she had a really inefficient body? Well, she said that she did. Did she? Mm. Mm. So, like, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if that's a thing. Somebody could probably Still tell us that we're that. talking bollocks, but that's that. Do you know what I learned this week? Go on. That a quarter of your bones are in your feet. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. A quarter of them. Right? Yeah. And a blink is technically a micro-sleep. Right. Yeah. A micro-sleep. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. Why? Uh, like, no, I did actually. I've known for a while, but... Some, we were talking about uh, silly facts the other day with somebody and I thought, oh, I remembered them once, so mm. I just slammed them in. Uh, I've, the I've only got one scientific fact. Ooh, go on. Uh, Rick Waller is 50% fat. <laughs> That's the same percentage fat as a pork scratching. <laughs> what do you think of that? Well, I think... Uh, well, Every time you pick up a pork scratching, <laughs> that's, that fact's going to be with you. Yeah, it is going to be with me. Um, I, don't the, really, I'm not really, I don't know many facts, Have mate. I told you the Coca-Cola fact? No. Coca-Cola are the most popular drink fluid in yep. the world. Fluid. It is. <laughs> like, to the point where their sales targets are monitored on fluid consumed by the human race. Wow. So it's not even on sales or figures because they blow everybody out of water by that much. So what they say is, right, the average human drinks, whether it's Coke or anything, the average human drinks four litres a day. So Coca-Cola's target is for it to be a litre of that or something. Whatever. I don't know what they are, but that's how they do it. That's mad. Did Um, you know that they're the biggest contributor in the world to uh, plastic pollution in the oceans? No, but yeah, that's probably, I can believe that. Yeah. Of course I can. They're the biggest contributor. Uh, so actually, 
if I'm putting my Eco Warrior cap back on for this mm-hmm. podcast, mm-hmm. Uh, you should actually boycott that product. Mm. I don't drink it anyway. I'm not a big fan. No, I'll have it with uh, some bourbon. Oh, I don't know what beer's like. But yeah. I mean, uh, if somebody forces me to drink my Jack Daniels straight, I will. <laughs> <laughs> God. The, uh, do you know uh, there's only one country in the world that Coca-Cola isn't the best-selling fluid? Or soft mm. drink. Um, I bet it's something really obvious as well. Mm. Something Spain. Nope. Egypt. Nope. Um, Bit closer, actually, mate. France. Nope, closer. Scotland. Yep. Really? Oh, it's not Iron Brew. Yep. Straight oh, up, hell. it is the only market in the entire world. It's the only drink in the only market in the entire world that they can outsell. Did you oh. see when when they changed ingredients to Iron Brew? What and your uproar? Uproar! Everybody went mental. Everybody just went to the supermarket and bought crates and crates and trolleys. <laughs> iron Brew. <laughs> What's that weird? I don't know. Just Weirdly like though, uh, Scott who works with us. Uh, he's got his new lunch and it's absolutely bizarre as fuck <laughs> and he has it every single day he's yeah. a creature of habit okay. yeah. <laughs> he, he's ne- his new thing all yeah. of a sudden since yeah. we've moved into this new office so only a week yeah. um, he has um, Thai sweet chilli pot noodle and a can of iron brew <laughs> like, how does that even work every day because he feeds himself for £1.50 a day. 50 pence for a can of iron brew, a quid for noodles. Is it actually calculated like that? Yeah, yeah. One fifty a day. He could uh, easy do more with £1.50, couldn't you? Yeah. What would you do with one, if you had... Do you know like when you had your dinner money at school? Yeah. I used to like have... My bus what were thirty pence to work, uh, to, work to school, yeah. 30 pence back. Yeah. And my mum gave me like two quid. But I still managed to get like sweets and like... Went to Chippy. Like, yeah, how did that even weird, work? Because you used to be able to get chips for 70 pence. Yeah. And fish bits. And I, if you saved up like 20p a day on Friday, you could have fish bits, chips and curry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, good. Uh, or you could just get scraps because they were free. Mm. <laughs> scraps are good. Basically just fat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a... Um, I couldn't be bothered yesterday after work. And uh, I had scraps for the first time in years yesterday, yeah. which is bizarre. They're nice with vinegar I, on them. Yeah, I had, uh, I had uh, chips, uh, spicy curry and scraps. I, uh, I've been really good for last week, me, with me eating. All Have I've you? done is eating like greenery, salads, avocado. Greenery. <laughs> you know, like all that. Uh, I've not had much meat, which you'd be like proud of, proud of yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, and I can actually feel a rate difference. It's a perfect diet. You get up, you just have no bread. So that's you might a big have like thing, porridge or something, and then you have like a salad at dinner, and then you might have like green veg or whatever, and some taters at tea, whatever, and then uh, six cans of lager. <laughs> yeah, I knew I knew that'd be a staple. <laughs> that is a cornerstone. But if you drink Coors Light, it's only got half the calories. Was it really? Yeah, so you can drink twice as much. Is that actually got half the calories? Like, <laughs> yeah, same as Bud Light. I think you know, like that's what they are. That's ah. Like I knew, like, but thing is, I know we have cars, like, but do we even have a cars? Just a car. We don't see. I bet they do in America, though, don't they? Yeah. Unless it's just all light, because that's what art sold everything. Yorkshire is really tough to order cars or cars, mm. because every time I order it, like, can I have a cars or a cars mm. or a cola? Yeah. It's all the same. Yeah. 
It's like you've just got to hope that they've heard you right. And or you, point. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. One of them, please. Mm. Uh, but when I go to my local little booze at Working Men's Club, Mont yeah. Breton, yeah. Uh, I I drink Coors Light, and I didn't know that I was yeah. making a healthy decision. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you definitely are. Well done. Do you know what I love though as well? If I'm having a pint when I walk in, every time, no matter if I've had my tea, if I'm not hungry or whatever else, I you like a bag of Wallers, don't you? I, no, well, definitely not pigskin. Um, I have the um, green mini cheddars and the crinkled. Yeah, oh, yeah. They're yeah, really yeah. good. Moorish. Re- fucking great, them. Yeah, when you start getting into crisps when you're drinking, it's dangerous, I could eat a, isn't it? I could eat a potato sack full of them. Mm. Easy. It is dangerous. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see if my beer's a bit colder and then yeah. we'll phone Steve. So yeah, I'll lovely. Just the one sec. Cool. Hey up, Steve. How are we doing, mate? We all right? Oh, I'm well, I'm well. How's yourself? Yeah, good, thank you, mate. Good. I'm sat here with uh, Glenn, as always. Glenn, Hi, Steve. Hi, Glenn. How's things? Are you well? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I can't complain. <laughs> good stuff. How, how warm are you today? It's like the most humid day ever, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it just? Yeah, isn't it just? It's been a quite hectic day today as well. Has it? Yeah, on the fabrication side of things. So, yeah, it's been pretty hot and sweaty down here as well. Ah, tell us about it then, mate. What have you been up to today? <laughs> Uh, basically, I come to meetings over in Warsaw, uh, looking at a couple of new products and a couple of new leathers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then back back to the workshop, pretty much, and just cracking on with the orders, really. So, Brilliant. let me ask you uh, a question, Steve. Uh, okay. I'll uh, I'll ask a few quick ones, and then we'll uh, we'll get into a bit more detail. How old is Barnes and Moore Leatherworks? Uh, as a company, trading it's our second year of trading. Second year, and how long have yeah, you been playing about, well, f- gone from playing about to becoming an expert <laughs> at doing it, if you get what I mean. Uh, probably in total, probably about eight or nine years in total, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, from inception. Uh, the company itself and the idea for the company was sort of born roughly around four to five years ago, I guess now. Uh, and, you know, when I was looking at basically changing careers and also manufacturing some belts and selling them to friends and family yeah. uh, and getting quite a lot of interest from that and f- from there to be honest then the, the company sort of grew organically and got to a point whereby I thought hey you know I'm enjoying this uh, I like what I do and I'm getting a good response so is a potential to turn into like a full-time sort of full-time vocation which as it happens that's what we chose to do so yeah we took the plunge brilliant uh- I've got, uh, this is a good question, and then I know you've got a few questions, Glenn, but... Yeah, yeah. Steve, how does one even start? <laughs> how do, you know what I mean? How do you even know how to start? Like, I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't even have a clue, uh, as I'm no, sure no, the no, listeners That's a very good question, Ben, to be quite yeah. honest. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's very valid. Uh, I guess, initially, my desire to, to get involved with leather work was... Uh, it sounds as, sounds like a bit of a cliche, but to do something more tangible than, than what I was doing, you know, my, my job was quite sort of, uh, how can I put it, it, it was more sort of verbally based, you know, uh, I'm more of a people person, so really I was in front of people and yeah. basically, you know, uh, working in sales uh, and management, management positions, which wasn't really, really fulfilling me as a person, and then I, I just found that really I wanted to get back to grassroots and, and try something tangible really totally honest uh, and I, I just thought let it be an ideal material to work with and took an interest in it within a few courses uh, and then 
self-taught via the internet uh, with a lot of techniques etc talking to people that were skilled in the trade over many years you know talking to saddlers etc mm. people from Warsaw Leather Museum uh, and just being but people in that industry are quite sort of open then you know where people yeah. help you out and people people that you know the older generations especially I mean I, I know I'm sort of uh, heading that way myself now but <laughs> at the same time <laughs> the older generations are quite open about you know, sharing that knowledge and skill with you because I guess, you know, in, in, in modern times to a certain extent, you know, it, it can be a, a dying way, a dying trade, really to a degree, I guess. Mm. So when you were, when you went to your leather shops and stuff like that, to your workshops, uh, I'm sort of like thinking about this from somebody that might be uh, listening to this that would like to have a go at what you're now doing, if you know what I mean. Okay. Uh, what the, uh, like, how, how do you even start to understand the leather? Because all I've ever had off you is really good products, and I know that it's really good because I can feel it. Because leather's really tough. <laughs> but you, I can't imagine it's that simple that you just. There's got to be a learning, some sort of like learning curve there, if you know what I mean. And I wondered if you had any uh, stories about that. Yeah, to be honest, again, there's a huge learning curve involved in sort of learning what leather works for you. Uh, also different qualities of leather, also different technical aspects of, of leather as well. Uh, you know, depending on what product you're looking to make really and, and what you're trying to achieve and what kind of a product you, you want to sell. For example, you've got chrome, you know, down to the basics, you've got chrome leather, sorry, chrome tanned leather, uh, vegetable tanned leather. We work uh, solely with vegetable tanned leather simply because, in our opinion, it seems to be better quality. Uh, it's, it's It goes through uh, a more you know, eco-friendly process as, as opposed to chrome tan leather. i just give you an idea, you know, uh, the, 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 I think the stats are that 90% of leather goods in, in the world that are produced are produced by the chrome tanning method because it's much it's much cheaper to do. Uh, it's from a commercial perspective, you know, and it, it lends itself to much more, I suppose, a wide range of products. And, it, and it, vegetable tanning is a very expensive process, which obviously is reserved it's a very sort of high-end fine leather goods and that's the area we tend to work in yeah uh, <clears throat> so you, you said crown tanning method no that, that, that's my bloody accent but I do apologise <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's chrome tanning and what that means is uh, basically it, it's a chrome tanned process that involves, involves chemicals right Okay. As opposed to vegetable tan, for example, uh, the, the leather we use, for example, the leather we've used recently for, you know, the, the railroad, railroad belt, which we've collaborated with yourselves on, yeah. it, it's a vegetable tan leather, and that means it goes through a lengthy process, anything between three to 12 months, whereby it's actually soaked in pits, you know, like they've been doing for hundreds of years, so it's very traditional, and, you know, that they'll soak it in natural uh, tree, either tree bark or vegetable, ex vegetable extracts, so it's a very eco-friendly process. Ah, so what colour is it when it goes in? When it goes in, when it initially, what the, the main process is that they'll take the hides, for example, traditional tannery will take the hides, uh, you know, f f from, from, the, from the steer, it all comes by the food chain, by the way, as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, so they'll take the hides from the steer, and what, what they'll do is, uh, that they put through a liming process to remove the hair, etc. And then it's a physical, it's physically a case of, you know, the, the leather artisans, the guys that work in the tanners, the tanners, 
and it's a very skilled job whereby they'll, they'll trim the hide because they know that certain parts of the hide are usable, certain parts aren't usable. And for example, if you're looking at a whole hide uh, for leather goods, you know, certain parts of the hide will be utilised for certain certain items. For example, uh, we only use the bus of, of the actual hide for, for our belts. And the reason for that is because it's, a, it's, it's the most expensive, but the reason why it's the most expensive is the fibres are tighter and also it doesn't stretch. Yes. Uh, but it, well, that, that's something that I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase that, of course, such as natural product, it's got a certain amount of giving it because it's fibrous, but at the same time, what you'll tend to find is if, for example, you look at some cheaper products, you can tend to find like a, a, cheap, a cheaper um, manufactured belt might sort of have a lot of giving it. I'm sure you've had that experience in the past yourself. Yeah, right? yeah, Whereby for sure. You yeah. purchase something maybe from a shop of belts and you put it on and all of a sudden, you know, two weeks later, you found like, you know, it'll fit a guy up for about a 55 inch waist and you're a 34. So, <laughs> so it's not ideal. So obviously, but, but the results of that is that, you know, the costs involved in producing that kind of leather are phenomenally more expensive than they are for producing a chrome tan, hence the difference in price. This is really interesting for me, this Steve. So I'm going to keep asking questions uh, no, you're on it. Away, so basically, if something's chrome tanned, how is yep. that produced from being on an animal to being ready to make a belt out of? It's a, it's a similar kind of process, but what they'll do is they'll, they'll tan it in drums rather than in uh, traditional vegetable tanned is tanned in pits, whereas chrome tanned. It's, it's, it's tanned using chemicals in a drum, and it's a much quicker process. I, I, I don't know the exact process. We don't work with chrome tanning, so I can't mm. remember the exact time scale involved in the, in the chrome tanning process, but it, it, it's a lot quicker. Than, I think it's about two to three weeks, but don't quote me on that, as, as opposed to vegetable tanning, which will take between three to five months. Right, so if... So, 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 you can produce, so in other words, you can produce a greater quantity of leather in a shorter space of time. You can also get more vibrant colours, you know, uh, due to the nature of, of, of the chemicals utilised in the tanning process with chrome tanning than you can with, with vegetable tanning. So, for example, with vegetable tan products, you tend to find your belts tend to be more sort of natural hues and colours, uh, sort of like your browns, your tans, etc., as opposed to really vibrant colours. And the really vibrant ones tend to be sort of hand-eyed, you know, yeah. also. So, say, for example, you wanted to do, uh, you know, a, a bright yellow version of the railroad belt, for example, yeah. we'd have to hand, hand actually hand-eye that ourselves, yes. you know, by hand per piece or per hide. Yeah, get you. So what's the uh, so basically it's the same process until you come to either put it in a drum or soak it in vegetable. It's pretty much yeah, the same but, process, but, is it? But in effect, yeah, in effect, the, the process uh, with the vegetable tanning, it's soaked in pits. It's not simply a matter of pouring the tanning in, into into a pit and leaving it for three months. It goes through various stages. So, for example. For the sake of argument, if you went to Baker's Tannery down in Devon or Tarjo Tannery over in Sweden, they'd work in like large pits. So in effect, like a, like a swimming bath, if that makes sense, like a, yeah. like a small bath, yeah. that makes sense, yeah, going yeah. to the ground. But, but there'd be a, a quantity of those in a row. Uh, and uh, over a period of months, the leather's taken out, the hides are taken out and moved from pit to pit. So it's not simply a matter of just sort of, you know, having the leather stripped and, and lined and then soaked in the pit and left the left, left sort of three months. You come back, you collect it, and then it's ready to go. It goes through a lot more processes and it's, it's, it's very, very labour intensive. Ah, so when, so basically, if you, 
so we've got your we've got relevant we've got a, a, a selection of your products and for example we've got a racing green uh, wallet um, we've got okay. a burgundy wallet and stuff so that is still veg tan but it's yes, been yes, hand dyed no no that, that, that's veg tanned and but it, it is it is hand it's, it's actually hand hand it's, it's, it is in fact hand I think that's dumb dyed from memory I think you got there is this bridle isn't it so I believe that's dumb dyed yes get you Mm. Ah, that was interesting. There's a lot to take in, isn't there, when it comes to leather? Yeah, a big yeah, process. To be honest, it's, it's, it's not, it's quite, you know, a lot of leather's very technical and it's, it's you know, initially you're thinking, you know, I'll just buy a, a cut of leather and you can make whatever you want to make out of it. And, and that can be true to a certain extent, but as I, I sort of explained a minute ago, if, for example, you was to cut yourself, uh, to, to, to use, for example, you used to buy an entire hide, which you generally wouldn't do anyway, but if you chose to do that and then you cut, for example, a piece of the belly, which is still obviously leather, you know, yeah. uh, and you try to make that into a belt, you could do that, but the thing is, y- your belt would stretch quite considerably, you know, pretty quickly, and you tend yeah. to find that it wouldn't be fit the purpose, you know, see, uh, uh, after a short, piece of time, a short period of time. I've got a question. So, obviously, we're dealing with quality raw material. Yeah. There's a yeah, lot of yeah. craftsmanship. Um, in terms of, like, the price point, does... Is that a combination of 50% time, 50% product, or is it kind of the product's so expensive, that's why that's where the price point is? Because you can get really, well, you can get fake for a start, fake leather, yeah. or you can get really yeah. cheap, nasty leather. So what contributes to the price point? Uh, On a quality. From a quality perspective, is it man hours, or is it the raw material, or is it a mixture of both? That's a good question. Uh, I'd say it's a mixture of both. Personally, I'd say you know it's a combination of both because it depends on the raw materials you would use initially. For example, you know you, you can buy a leather for, for, for quite a, a low price per square foot, and again, right, it's okay. a frame tender that it's, it's, it's even cheaper. Uh, but the leather does vary considerably, you know, in price per square foot, and I mean massively. You know, for, for example, the leathers we use. The Tarjo leather, for example, we use in the railroad belt, the oak bark leathers and the bridles as we use at the top end of the market, you know, they're the very top, really. Yeah, I see. As, as opposed to, you know, like a chrome tone leather, which would be sort of a lot lower down. And yes, you can put the same amount of manos to produce, for example, a wallet, but also it depends. There's a lot of automated methods you can use to do what you actually sew a wallet as well. You know, okay. so it depends on, on the actual methods they're using to actually produce that particular <coughs> item. And also, you know, where it's located and what level of skill and finishes on that product as well. For example, you can look at some wallets and, and some small leather goods, and I've studied quite a lot over the years. Uh, and, you know, as you rightly point out, you can go and buy a wallet, for example, uh, and purchase one for, I don't know, for the sake of argument, I think for eight or nine pounds. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's leather. <coughs> Yeah. It's leather, but also what, I've, what I didn't mention earlier was there's also what they call leather split. Yeah. Okay. And and a, a lot a lot of products, including sofas and car seats, are manufactured from leather split. And what I just explain what a split is. A split is where you've got a hide and you've got obviously uh, you know a flesh side. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously a skin side in effect, yeah. Which, yeah. Is, which is a side. You obviously, you know, you've got it's visual to you, and you know, and the side that you'd use for decorative purposes, and the side you'd dye. 
yeah. what they can do is split that down into layers. So say, for example, the hide was, for the sake of arguments, 20 mil thick, for the sake yes. of argument. Yeah. They could split that down into different levels, but each time, so if, if you cut, cut through a level, it's to a slice of cake in effect, then obviously yeah. the first level's okay, it's got that finish, it's, it's got the actual hide yes. on it, yep, but, yep. but then the le- level underneath, is purely flesh if that makes sense yes and what they can do is refinish the flesh using mechanical and, and chemical processes to make it look like it's surface leather yeah and it's still leather you know yeah, it's, still yeah, it's, leather. Leather. it's just it's still leather but it's not obviously the way i describe it is it's like your skin isn't it you know to, to put it sort of i guess crudely is it's like your skin your outer skin is, is pretty hardy, isn't it? It'll take a lot of punishment, you know, as, as, we, as we go through life, and it tends to, and it ages quite well. Yeah. Depending on the, on the person, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> maybe not in my case. That's a massive But, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it ages quite well. So, obviously, if you strip that, that, that surface away, then you haven't got a surface that's actually naturally meant to be exposed to the elements or meant to be, ex- meant to be exposed to wear. Mm. And, and what happens is companies will actually utilise leather that's, that's a split and it's used a lot in the automotive industry it's used a lot in sofas for example uh, I, I won't name any names but you know a lot of the high street brands of sofa for example you'll tend to find it's got a real leather t- tag on it and it's genuinely it's a t- true statement it is yeah. real leather but the truth of the matter is it's a leather split because of the cost of it yeah of course it may- <laughs> yeah Yes, just of course alone. it would. Yeah, and, and yeah. it's common sense that you couldn't produce it for the kind of money that it's for sale on the high street. It yeah. couldn't be done. It's, uh, it's really cool, isn't it? You know, like when you get into it. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of it just, a lot of people just, I mean, to be fair, we've not really spoke about leather on any podcasts, have we? No, that's why this I is like, to uh, So this is uh, the 23rd podcast. And I feel like we've neglected it now because, like, we've done, <laughs> we, we've done loads of denim, loads we, we, of denim. We were just waiting for belt, weren't we, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sort of goes hand in hand, no denim leather. You know, it yeah. works that way, doesn't it? It's a good partnership. Yeah. It is indeed. Yeah. As Saxon once said. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, do you have a? Do you know, like, when you're having to produce things, so how you guys work, Steve? Is it kind of like? You do a full run of a belt, then you do some uh, wallets, then you do some keychains. Uh, your production process, how, how does that work? Yeah, pretty, pretty much, Ben, to be honest. Yeah, well, we, we tend to work, you know, for economical purposes, for example, we don't tend to make one wallet to order because, uh, you know, we, we sell, you know, quite a lot overseas, etc., via retailers, direct, as you know, so, so realistically, it wouldn't be viable for us to make it on, on, on a per order basis because no. it wouldn't be economical, you know, for us to do that. Unfortunately, as a business, uh, so we tend to make it in batches, but not large batches. Which we tend to make in sort of like roughly batches of, uh, of twenty, etc. You know, we'll, okay. we'll cut belts, we'll cut belt strips uh, in batches of twenty or thirty, ready to go. You know, in effect. But the, the belts, the belts, obviously, are made to are made to order. What we'll do is we'll do probably thirty percent of the work first initially in a batch. And we'll then see. take that product obviously and carry on with it and finish it off to the, the relevant size, dependence. Yeah, I see. Brilliant. And, um, and we tend to keep uh, the leather flat as well. That's pretty important, you know, for manufacturing belts. We tend to keep the leather flat until the point that we package it. 
Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, being a natural product as well, you don't want to sort of keep it rolled up. You want to keep it flat as possible. So it, it, it's not ideal to sort of manufacture, for example, you know, a hundred. If you're having a quiet, a quiet day, for example, to manufacture a hundred belts in a size thirty-two and package them up uh, in a box, for example, and roll them as we tend to package them, it wouldn't be practical to do that, unfortunately. Yeah, I see. I see. What? Uh, oh, sorry, are you still on, Glenn? Yeah, My sorry, I've just, I've just got sorry, one more I'm, question. I'm, I'm uh, taking over, and. <laughs> Just regarding um, kind of the manufacturing process, um, I take it the wallet's got to be the hardest to produce, right? Or yes, it's, it's the most time-consuming, really. Uh, to be quite honest, yeah, the wallet. There's a lot of labour involved in a wallet, then, which, which from from a layman's perspective, you know. You, you wouldn't really see it, and, and you know, it's, most people wouldn't, but it's quite technical, for example, you know, when, when you design a wallet, you've got to make sure it closes correctly, uh, and, and also make sure, obviously, the site dimensions are correct for various bills, etc. But not only that, you've got to make sure that each card slot's held in place. Obviously, we do this by hand. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so we, each one's sort of secured in place, and so, so it, yeah, it's a labour intensive process, and there's no shortcut to that for us personally, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, hence the reason why. But, but, but that said, I mean, I guess it, for me personally, the results speak for themselves. So I think when you put more time in, into manufacturing the product, a little bit more care into doing that, uh, and a bit more pride in that, then for me personally, you know, the, the results are well worth it because the product at the end of the day mm-hmm. looks to be a good quality product yeah. and, and it looks to be what it is, you know, which is, which is what we aim to achieve. Yeah, well, I've, I've, got, I've got the, uh, the wallet, the VegTown wallet, um, and I love it. It's gone through. Oh, brilliant. It's so, gone through. Is that the quartermaster? Sorry? Is that the quartermaster? The, uh, the quartermaster? Yeah, 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 it's quartermaster. Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah, it is. Um, and to be honest, I've had a, quite a few drunken nights, so it's had a bit of a bashing. <laughs> Uh, I, fell, I fell off my motorbike in it. Uh, on it, in it. it, it on, well, not in it. <laughs> it was in me, in me, in me. That's why you fell off your bike. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's actually wearing like mega. Like it's it's getting some character now. I'm showing Ben. Obviously, can't show that on a podcast. Um, but would you, do you prefer your products when they literally when you finished them and you stand back and go, that's a brilliant belt or a wallet or a strap or whatever, or do you like it? Fast forward a year's time to actually say it stood up. No, it stood up to a beating. You've got to get it a bit dirty, haven't you? You've got to get. You need a bit of bit of a life to it, really. Yeah. <laughs> I think personally, because it's a, it's, a, it's a natural product as well. You know, when when we produce them, and okay, you know, it's, it's great to see them in the, in the in the pristine condition. But I also, you know, personally like to see you know when people sort of send us some pictures, for example, images of, of, of products they bought and then they've sort of worn in, and you can, you can see you can see the story in the product that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You can see that it's had had a good old life, you know. And it's yeah, not yeah. The person is it really? You know, you, yeah. you can tell by looking at someone's face that they've had a sort of like a, a travelled life and yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't look at too closely, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say, um, and. Uh, <laughs> I know it's a hot topic for like leather manufacturers, like people like Doc Martens, for example. Mm-hmm. What about vegan-friendly products? What that's called leather? Yeah, that's called leather. Obviously, it's not leather, is it? Because Doc Martens do a full vegan boot, and I'm guessing they do quite a lot of other vegan products. Uh, not, yeah, not, that it, not that it's right or wrong. Is that on the is that on the radar? Does that is it a consideration? Not for 
us personally, then it's, it's a pretty good question. And yeah, you know, it, it, it depends obviously on pe- people's sort of take on it. Really, it's, it's an individual and very personal thing whether or not people, you know, choose or not choose not to purchase leather goods. But for us, because we're a traditional company and, and we our value is very traditional, then we will continue to work with, you know, uh, proper leather, natural leather. Yeah, natural leather in effect, and also for us. It, it wouldn't work with the ethos of, of, of what we do, I, I guess. I, I mean, see. it'd be to see, you know, the, the progress of, of that kind of a product. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's a, it's a bad thing at all. I think it's a good thing. Uh, but at the same time, for us personally, you know, we, we choose to work with, with, with natural leather. And I know yeah, yeah. we'll continue to do so. Cool. Brilliant. Mm. Ben? Yeah, now we're just going to, uh, <clears throat> well, I was just going to sort of, uh, bringing the railroader into the conversation okay. if that's all right my mate it is a fine piece of work <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not that we want to write our own reviews not that we want to five star it or anything <laughs> no it uh, thing is steve it's obviously doing quite well uh people are liking it it's getting tagged now yeah. all over i actually sent the one that i sent today I sent to Canada, of all places. Did you really? Yeah, yeah I've, I've so, shipped yeah. it literally all over the world so far. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we've shipped a few as well, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. really good, mate. And what it worth, uh, I'm gonna, I've already explained the collaboration from my point of view, and what I wanted to do was bring your point of view in. So what I explained in the intro was that we were talking, uh, I had a lot of admiration for your product. Uh, I told you how much I liked my vintage railroad belts and you suggested that you'd be able to do a version of that that we could work on together therefore the vintage belts got sent down to you and then you got to work suggesting leathers getting buckle cast and stuff like that uh i mean all the actual art and the technicality you know the technical bit were done by you from my point of view i sent my favorite belt down to birmingham and then got my new favorite belt back from Birmingham. so basically what i wanted to do is let people know how you approached that product what your thinking was what your methods were uh how we came about getting a buckle uh, that you can't buy off a shelf, shall we say? Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, that were it basically, mate. Just your side of the story, because everybody knows mine. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Thanks, Ben. I mean, it, it, initially it was quite a challenge to be honest, because you know, first start it's, it's, it's the thick. I mean, being a two-inch belt, it's, it's the thickest belt we've, we've produced. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, we're looking at a leather that that would be suitable for that kind of a belt, and also looks at a variety of leathers uh finally sitting on the tarn joke simply because i think for for the kind of belt that it is and it's a very traditional uh, you know it's traditionally inspired belt it's obviously dated back to the 1800s really yeah uh, i thought you know you obviously from our discussions you were in agreement that we will work with a really basic raw hide and the, the, the tarn joke swedish leather Given such a beautiful patina over quite a short period of time as well, uh, and, and it, you know, looking at yours, you know, I've seen the pictures of yours online. You can see, yeah, you can see online, yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's looking better and better, and it's just getting dark. It's just well, it's 
it's just un- it's uncomparable, isn't it? And Steve, being completely can honest. I just jump in there? In in terms of like the double, what do you call it? <laughs> can the, I just jump in there and order a thirty-four, please? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a, That is an actual point. And I know this one's not for for air for everybody, but Steve, I need a thirty-four, Paul. Can you just get on there? <laughs> if you could, yeah, brilliant. Um, so that's good. But um, have you done a um, a dub? What do you call it when it's double prong, double buckle, double? Well, uh, just a double no, prong. I was going to say, no, is that is that a new thing? It, it was new to ourselves. If I'm totally honest, it wasn't something we considered previously. Uh, uh, but I, I particularly, when Ben sent me up, you know, the sample belt of his own, he asked to get that belt. I really like personally. You know, initially, if I'm totally honest, I was undecided. You know, but when, when I actually saw it in the flesh, excuse yeah. me, one. Uh, you know, it, it looks superb, and I just thought, yeah, you know, th- that could work. I mean, in Swiss that that could work, yeah. you know, uh, as 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 a, as a product. Uh, and then we went to, you know, we had discussions with uh, the, the forge that we use as ourselves, uh, and then they were kind of to cast the buckle, which which is fantastic. And yeah. you know, as I say, it, it's hand cast traditionally, which is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, using using sand cast methods that date back uh, many many years, so. Those little details were important to us as well. And initially, the buckle was was going to be a bit of a, a problem, more so than leather, to be quite honest, because believe it or not, to find good quality buckles, but we we, we only work with the founder that we work with for, for our products. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it was a bit of a challenge for us to go, and obviously we're a small business, so we don't talk large volumes, you know, yes. uh, so it's quite difficult, but, but they, were, they were really, really friendly, really accommodating, uh, they helped <laughs> us out a lot and you know sat down with us designed us uh you know a buckle that was suitable and, and came up with uh the buckle you saw on the belt which is fantastic it, it's 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 not too we didn't want about a buckle sorry about a buckle that was too heavy for that kind of leather either no. if that makes yeah. sense because the leather itself is quite heavy so you didn't want to sort of overcompensate it with a huge buckle yeah no i and think the uh did you, that did, makes sense. did you see yeah. the review uh on the club account website that uh, at boot underscore addict wrote this week, Steve. Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. He yeah. actually made and a point of the buckled into. He actually made like a yeah. bit of a fuss about yeah. it, saying how much he liked it and enjoyed it. Shall I le- read some extracts from there? Hey, you can do. Mate. Yes, go ahead. Um, it'll be probably the latest post. I don't think we've done one since. Let me just uh, have a look. While, at you, while Glenn has a look, and can you? I know this a little bit, obviously. I'm just sing at this point. I can't sing, Ben. It's honestly that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what was the? I mean, that buckle is ours now, isn't it? Would that? Uh, would your company do it for anybody else if they asked? You know, if they saw a picture of the railroader and somebody went to them and said, no, "Can we now no. have that?" Is it's no, exclusive that, that, to us, isn't it? Collaboration yourself. That's so, perfect. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you would, the reason is you were just a pain in the ass, and you didn't seem to want to go for it again. <laughs> what a ball! <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was your uh, what was your approach to choosing the Tanjo leather? Because obviously, it is am I right in thinking it's the last organic? Veg tan. It's, it, it's the only organic tannery in the world, uh, to be quite honest. So it's the only certified, put it a different way, it's the only certified organic tannery in the world. So it's processed. What does the, organic the mean in that sense, if you know what I mean? As in there's, there's no harmful chemicals used in any process. Yeah, brilliant. So, so in other words, 
every process that, that, that they go through. You know, uh, to be honest with you, I love vegetable tannery. Sorry, vegetarian tanneries can make that claim as well. But the difference is with Tarnjo, it is certified. Mm. Yeah, I, if that makes sense. Yeah, it ticks all uh, boxes. It's traceability. We're adding a traceability. And, and, and also, yeah, I mean. Each tannery produces different versions of, of, of the same leather, in effect, that makes sense. You know, that, that, that they'll produce, because the hides come from, you know, obviously come from Sweden, some of them are coming from the UK, so that, 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 the whole technical aspect of it, such as, like, you know, the, the actual animal's diet initially affects the actual hide, as you can probably imagine. Also, the conditions that the animals are kept in initially affects the hide uh, and the markings on the hide. And because it's a, a, a full grain like that, we tend to use full grain as opposed to what they call corrected grain. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just explain the difference between the two. A, a corrected grain leather tends to be probably, I, I guess, I mean, don't quote me on this, but probably, I, I guess, I'd say probably about 70% of products are probably corrected grain. And what that means is aesthetically, when you look at the products, it's got a nice even surface with no marks, there's no bite marks in the hide, there's no sort of marks whereby uh, the cattle may have sort of brushed against barbed wire, etc. So what I'm trying to say is the actual story of the actual hide itself is, is to a degree, in my opinion, lost when you actually correct the grain. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And, and, and then a, a full grain hide, which we work with, which is a tarjo, is we actually display all the characteristics of the yeah. hide itself. So in effect, it's, it's, it's what he said, it's raw hide, you know, mm-hmm. it's how it should be. It's amazing. Uh, there's no sort of effort made to try and conceal that and make it, how can I put it, over pretty. But the emphasis is on the quality, obviously. And yeah. also, you know, to a degree, you can also affect the strength of the fibres by actually correcting the grain as well. When it's when it's full grain, you know, you, you've got the real deal in effect. You've got the how in my opinion, should be. It would pull a truck, wouldn't it? I'm not just saying that. If, if you if you are wearing this bell and you break down and need a tow rope in a pickup truck, this fucker's sorting it out. <laughs> I'm not for legal reasons. I'm not condoning that. Do not try this at home. <laughs> yeah. Well, at the same time, you're right. It's quite capable of doing that. Right. Do you know what I think would be yeah. a good idea, Steve? I'm going to wear. I'm going to get one of the belts. And what I'm I might, pull a truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might not pull a truck, but I might hang weights from it to show, that's, like you know, like as a demonstration, like. On a serious note, that's got a high tensile. That that leather itself, and we were talking briefly earlier about sort of you know the fibres in leather, and there is there is quite a difference in in, in a lot of leathers as regards fibre strength mm. and the strength of the product itself, and that that particular leather from Tarnjo, yeah, it's got. Yeah, it's rock hard, an extremely high level of five percent, and yeah, it's like, it. it's like the Rocky Bell Boy. It's like the Rocky Bell of of the leather world. It's, it's, it's a club of leather. Yeah, we'll <laughs> <laughs> <It'll, it'll laughs> just keep going. Yeah, well, uh, I've, I've got uh, I've got a couple of extracts from the uh, blog. Uh, okay. So I'm not going to read it all because okay. it's a it's a really substantial one and it's over on clobbercam.com. If anybody listening wants to check it out, uh, but straight away it says whoa. It was everything I wanted. First of all, the packaging was top-notch, so if you're buying this beautiful belt as a present, it's a great buy. It comes in a well-presented box, and the belt nestles itself in some wooden shavings, just like you've got it from the woods yourself. 
I, I didn't know a belt screw in the woods, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, paired with a bottle of Neat's foot oil, um, so you can look after the leather and make it even better over time. The belt is two inch thick beauty. You really don't get many belts this thick. Most tend to be around 1.5 to 1.75, which is all very well, but to a real man, you need two inch of 13 ounce leather. <laughs> so I was pleased to bag this one. The leather is 13 ounce of beautiful velvety veg tan goodness. I'm seriously impressed. The double pronged railroad buckle is something different, but the feel and look of the short stumpy buckle is the best. I usually go for a big thick buckle, but this is a bet. Uh, but with this belt this good you don't need a buckle to do the talking the thick strong buttery leather does everything Ooh. there you go yeah that, 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 that's great to hear it really is yeah. but yeah you know I, I agree that the buckle itself as we were saying earlier when we were sort of discussing the design of the belt itself you know my initial concern, my initial concern was I didn't want to overcompensate the belt for the buckle and I think yeah, you know, yeah. we got it just right didn't we really but by yeah, yeah. designed that book the way we did. <coughs> uh, Steve, sure. can you uh, just talk to me a little bit about the uh, Neat's foot oil? Because I didn't know about this bit. Yeah, what's okay, it for okay. and what does it do? Yeah, yeah. what is it? Yeah, yeah. okay, that's a good question, yeah. Uh, well, there's, there's many different sort of products in the market to, to condition leather, and there's been many sort of products over the over the years that people have sort of tried. And people have got various preferences, but, but for us, we tend to favour neats for oil, which is very, very traditional. It's used extensively in, in uh, saddlery, etc., and the equestrian world. Uh, so basically, if, if your leather is, is is dry, for example, because obviously, you know, you're out in the sun, in your belt, etc., it's developing that patina, your leather's actually drying out, the sun dries are taking its toll. I think that's fresh, you know. For example, if you get sunbathed, uh, or you, you tend to go out in the sun, you, you come in, you feel your, your skin quite tight, don't you? you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and in effect, you might use an after sun, you know, a moisturiser, etc. It's the same principle, neat foot oil will add that goodness back into the belt, and what it will do, it condition it as well, and add the suppleness uh, and nourishment into the fibres, because when you buy full grain leather goods, which is going back to what we were saying earlier about sort of, you know, more modern processes, which take a lot out of leather. Whereas the leather we use is is full grain, which means that basically, you know, it, it, it's it's how it should be. It's in effect it's skin, isn't it? So yeah. it, need, it needs conditioning. It needs conditioning. Uh, it's a natural product that needs, you know, some kind of nourishment at some at some point. And depending on obviously level of use the product gets, but I don't know if you've ever had sort of like a, a product that, that's quite old, like a leather jacket, for example, or an old leather belt and it can go quite brittle over time. Yes. Yeah, you might have had that. And what can happen with, uh, you know, leather generally is if, if you let it dry out too much, it can crack. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you condition it with, you know, uh, neats foil or, or a similar kind of leather conditioner, such as Chamberlain's milk, etc., or, you know, I think uh, Red Wing do a mink oil as well, which is pretty good. You know, you can actually rub that into the leather and it'll, it'll, it'll condition it. I've got a question for you. Uh, I'm picking up bits and bats on leather care because obviously there's conversations like this and then I have Rob, middle mm-hmm. mass, that comes into the shop and does the boots. I, I, have, I have not used anything. Bloody dates wore off actually on my belt, believe it or not, Steve, when you gave me it. I know it was 31st of something, 2018. We'll have to look back on that because I written inside with permanent marker. Uh, the, uh, I've not used any thing on it and I'll tell you why because 
I really wanted to uh, tan it up myself authentically and I worried that if I used any product on it it would darken it therefore I wouldn't get the true uh, representation of it patina in itself is that the case with the needs for oil? Really, Ben, but you've got you raised a good point, and yes, initially when you apply the needs oil, it will darken leather, and it, it may darken. I mean, you know, we're working with a, a natural raw hide, which is obviously it's natural for with, with no dyes, etc. Mm-hmm. So yes, some of that will be absorbed into the surface of leather, and it will dark, darken a few shades. But what you tend to find is if you apply it initially and then let it dry out. Mm. So, so you, for example, if you put it on, you know, uh, of an evening and then <coughs> leave it overnight to, to soak into the leather, yes, yes, you're right in what you're saying, it will darken a couple of shades, but the leather will, does need that nourishment over a period of time, it does need that, that level of care, okay. and, and the more you nourish it, the more supple it will become. So, so, is what, uh, so I'm going to flip that, thinking about customers that are listening to this thinking well i want to buy the belt and the veg tan but i'd actually okay. like it to get darker what would you advise yeah. they use on it in order to quicken that process for them if they're not quite as patient as we might be steve which of course everybody's <laughs> different which is fine yeah i mean what i tend to do is i've probably applied needs on, on a more regular basis and also you know it, it's because it's a natural product, it'll darken with natural daylight, so it hasn't got to be sort of 120 degrees, not that it ever is, although it has been recently, I guess. <laughs> so, but it doesn't need to be at that level to actually darken. Mm. Believe it or not, if you leave the natural vegetan, you know, even you know, on its own indoors, it will start to darken, but yeah. you will get, I mean, if you leave it outdoors for probably a day or so, it'll go initially those, those hues of pink you get, first yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it, it'll start to develop those different shades of tan and it goes through you know the, the metamorphosis where it changes from uh, the hues of pink into like a deep tan I mean I've got a tan joe belt on at the moment and it's, it's you know we're looking at it now and it's, it's quite a deep shade of tan mm. and that's probably about 12 months old this mm. particular belt uh, so, so yeah you know it, it will speed the process up but, you, but what I would say is uh, be careful with sort of uh, some wax-based products as well, because what you can do with the wax-based products, I mean, we do actually uh, give away wax as, as, as a complimentary gift with our belts, as you probably know yourself, a part yes. of wax yeah, with yeah. the bridal belts, yeah. and that's because it's a bridal finished belt and it can be absorbed with the wax and there's no, there's no issue with that. But if you try to, to, to use a wax-based product on the actual raw tarnjo leather, what you will probably find is where you, it's difficult to apply it evenly, Ben. So yeah, okay. what you'll tend to find is you, you, you may apply it and your belt may end up with, with sort of a, a, a patchy kind of patina, but it depends what you're looking for. You know, if you're looking for that, then that could work for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I've got a few questions lined up, but so we've got yeah. loads of questions for you here, we Steve. We know, we know we're on a time <laughs> slot here, so we'll keep it as quick as we can. It's like this is your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Red book soon, Steve. Sorry. <laughs> um, what? Obviously, we know you're an independent company. You're small. You're proud of that. Um, do you have a plan to grow, or are you doing what you love and you're enjoying the ride? What's 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 the next step, Steve? Where, where what's next for Barnes and Moore? Truthfully, Ben, 
yes, youngsters would like to go to a certain level, uh, and the aim is to do that. We get quite a lot of interest, you know, from people around the world and from retailers around the world, and hopefully we'd like to, we'd like to grow our brand and also, you know, our, our, our product portfolio as well. Which is there are, you know, the products in, in the in the uh, sorry in the frame now at the moment going through. But at the same time, it's, it's a difficult line, and it, until that point comes, it's very difficult to answer that question, Ben. Because for myself personally, yeah. I, I wanted to move away. I, I, I like the fact it's small and manageable. I yes. wouldn't want, although we're all ambitious, obviously in business. But at the same time, I wouldn't want the brand to become faceless, and mm-hmm. that would that will bring a tear to my eye. I think. Uh, and for, for me personally, and I know this again sounds like a real cliche. But the whole concept of running my own business wasn't driven for financial reasons. It, it was really where there was that point in my life that I felt that you know I needed fulfilment from my day-to-day role, and I wanted to do something I really enjoyed. And if yeah. I get out of the frame and turn it into a corporate entity, then I don't think that enjoyment can possibly be in place for me. No. And and for me as a person, as I say, I don't think that would work too well. So the answer to, in a roundabout way, the answer to your question is. I'd like to go to a level that I can comfortably manage, you know, and, you know, we'll, we'll get our brand hopefully where I'd like it to be, you know, in other words. I'll put it this way, our brand will never be a major multiple high street brand because I would never want that. Yeah. For Barnes and more, you know, yeah. we appeal to us. We've got a certain clientele. Uh, yeah, you'll never be, you'll never be, a, you'll never be a multi-door brand. You know, the, no, the shops no, at Stockett no. are independent one-offs yeah, maybe uh, one or two you know independent retailers yeah. yeah it's a big thing for us you know uh, we work with guys like yourself Ben very supportive uh, we've got a great relationship with you guys and, and from my personal experience it, it, not not so much in the retail industry but you know in other industries whereby I think from my personal experience when you get to a certain level you lose that and uh, you know if you're not doing independence then for us it takes the enjoyment out of the whole business if that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah yeah for sure and, and also the customers the guys that support us the guys and girls that support us uh, we're very grateful for the, for the support we've had from everybody to be quite honest and and also I, I'd like to think the people that buy our products wouldn't want us to get to that stage either I'd like to think mm-hmm. that What's your opinion? Sorry, Glenn, your hand were up then when I've jumped in there. Uh, what were your... Uh, when you are on social media and you're looking at what everybody's doing, and I do sell uh, a product uh, that is made from this, what is, you know, what does the word Halloween actually mean? And do you use it? And what is it? Do you know, like for people that... Because it crops up all the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a good question, Ben. And it, the Halloween itself, but uh, people don't realise Halloween's actually a tannery in Chicago, right, uh, yeah. in Illinois, which was founded in 1905. Uh, it's been going an awful long time, and they produce some very fine leathers. Uh, of course, them, uh, the Halloween Chrome XL, which I think you've got the the, the wallet, which is manufactured by ourselves, and also uh, they manufacture. They're very famous for their shell cordovan as well. Yes. Which is, their, their shell cordovan is arguably the best in the world, uh, and a lot of people have that opinion. What is it uh, that makes that included. so expensive, if you don't mind me asking? Because if you go on a Trickers website, all the boots are 425, you get that yeah. leather and the 780. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, like, what is yeah. the difference here, mate? Uh, why, why is that so much more expensive? Because to me, 
I don't actually think it looks better, but there is obviously something there that makes it nearly twice as expensive. Yeah, it's got different qualities, Ben, to be honest. And for okay. example, if you look at a, a normal, for example, side of leather, which is which is 20, say, 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 say for sake of argument, it's 22 square foot. Uh, a piece of shell, a, a shell, what they call a shell cord, and they're called shells in themselves, the actual pieces of leather. So a, a shell of cordovan would roughly, I mean, they vary in size depending on the tannery that are producing them, but, you know, r- roughly about three, three, three and a half square foot, mm-hmm. as opposed to sort of 22 for a side. Ah, right, okay. Do you see what I mean? So uh, it, it, it's, it's an equine leather as well, cordovan is. Where's so it from it, then? What makes it so limited? It, it, like it, It's basically, it's horse leather, it's an equine leather. Right. You can only get sort of four shells per horse. Yes. Because it's a certain part of the animal, and by the way, that's also for the food chain as well. Uh, it's like to point that out as well. You know, Halloween do do state that, and yeah. and the, the process it goes through, it's actually the outer surface that you see on your shoes and your wallets. Whereas normally it's, it's the flesh side of the leather, and right. it's the way it's treated. But what they do is that they shave it down and polish it, and that process can take. I think, it, again, don't quote me on this. The information can can be sort of confirmed on the hauling website. But I think yeah. it's about six months from memory. Right. Okay. And it takes about six months to produce a single piece, and also they've only got a limited supply because obviously it's part of the food chain, etc. There's a limited supply of of shell cordovan in, in the world, so you can't simply rush out and think, oh, you know, or for example, if if, if we went to the UK uh, distributors for for the shell for hauling shell cordovan, and quite often, you know, we can actually. Get, get to the distributors or give them a call to purchase some and it's not in stock and it won't be available and, and even hauling themselves can't confirm when it's available so there's a certain supply and demand I, I guess for that particular kind of product because you know higher end goods tend to favour it because it doesn't increase as well for example if you have a pair of shell cordovan shoes uh, if, you, if, you have, if they're manufactured in calf leather for example uh, yeah. you, you obviously you, your shoes will crease where your foot bends as we all know, you know, everyone's got a pair of shoes, I'm yeah. sure, where, where the foot bends, you can see the crease in the shoe, and depending on the shoe, obviously in the leather, <coughs> depends on how that wears, but with shell cordovan, it doesn't crease, mm. so you got, don't get yeah. firm creases in it. Ah, so it never sort of, there you go. But yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's expensive to produce, Ben, in, in a nutshell, and yeah. it also it's in very limited supply, and mm. hence the, the, the price, and the price is astronomical of shell cordovan, in my opinion, it, it's it's hard to get hold of, very expensive, and if I'm honest, it's hard to work with uh, as a material too, uh, <laughs> and also just quite forgiving, and yeah. because of the price of it, obviously you can't afford to make too many mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got uh, anything you want to ask before I uh, no, no. more fun questions? No, no, I, uh, I've added a few questions on there as well. So, okay, uh, yeah, no you, uh, you crack gonna, on, Ben. Uh, we're going to just uh, put you under spotlight on a personal level a little bit now, Steve, <laughs> if that's all right, mate. Okay, yeah. Uh, but one, th- this is sort of like a bridging question, but one thing that I'm, I, am, I am interested to ask, uh, you don't have to mention any names in this, Steve. But okay. I'd like to know when you were the most disgusted you have ever been when seeing a leather product on the high street. And I would like to know what that price was 
of that garment and, okay. and what you would describe it as made of. So, for example, <laughs> I you can mention an high street name if you want. Nobody's going to care, but it's up to you. But the point is, you know, like you might walk into uh, an iron store in London and yeah, see yeah. a bag for 2,000 quid and go, oh, my yeah. word, it's made from yeah. cardboard. Yeah. Do you get what it I mean? Happened, like, it happened, yeah. Fire away. Say that, but it really is because <laughs> uh, yeah, it's ironic, really, because yeah. I went to Amsterdam uh, uh, early on this year and, mm. and we, were, we were at the airport with myself and my wife and happened to go into a certain store. I'm not going to name the store, mm-hmm. but, but, but they, they, they sell very high-end luggage and bags etc okay. and I asked I asked to have one of the bags which was on the top there's a hold all I looked at the hold all and I said can I have a look at it to the sales assistant I was just curious more than anything else I had yeah. no intention to buy it I fully admit that yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I had a look at it and, and I looked inside it and it, it, it was unlined and I looked at the you know the workmanship was good don't get me wrong but the price of this particular item was £1,400 and to me personally don't get me wrong it's good quality and, 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 the, and the height was good quality but from working in the industry I also understand you know for, for me personally I like to offer people what I deem to be reasonable value and fair value so if someone says to us you know if someone get, like yourself and says you know okay why is that leather belt £90 I can tell you then you know I, I can yeah. honestly tell you with, without having to hide or or basically give you any kind of sales pitch I can just say yeah it's just because the hide's this and this is why it's this and it, yeah yeah it's it takes, factual it takes four months to produce etc that yeah. hand cast this is good quality it's all done by hand and uh, yeah I, I, can, I can quantify it but I looked at the products and I, I couldn't for the life of me quantify the price tag and it was it was a small it was a small holdall and I walked away and it, you know I looked at it and I said to my wife at the time I said you know it, it's quite for me it's quite disturbing if I'm honest because I, I just think that I just think well put it straight put it in a different in a different different angle I think people are much more aware nowadays and getting more aware and educated with what the what they're spending their pound on. Yeah, of course. But I think that's a good thing, Ben, personally. Yeah, you know, And, you know, because people are all aware <laughs> and thinking, hang on a sec, you know, it, it's not enough just to be a brand. Mm. And I don't think it should be enough to be a brand, personally. I think if you're a brand, then back it up with what you claim to be. And don't get me wrong, we've all got overheads and costs, I accept that, but in certain circumstances, that those factors can be somewhat explored, put it that way. Yeah, good stuff. I just, uh, I was just curious if that had actually happened, which it has. So next time I'm yeah, in Amsterdam yeah, Airport, yeah. Funny, I'm going to walk. You know, literally uh, a couple of months ago, you know, and, and that, that's that, that's not a fabricated this podcast, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I believe it. it uh, yeah. Next time I'm in Amsterdam, I'm going to uh, go into a luggage shop in the airport and ask to look at the bag yeah, above the. It's, uh, a, it's a big airport. <laughs> I have an idea of who I'm talking about, but yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So, right, Steve, I'm going to you a quick fire round now okay basically two words and you've be, you've got to basically answer without thinking that's top and bottom of it yeah it's uh, well we will wait actually because what else are we going to do exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the idea is you answer as quick as possible uh, so denim or leather leather Veg tan leather that's actually veg tan, like the belt when you buy it, or a nice dyed leather, burgundy, uh, you know, a tan dyed leather or a gr- racing green? 
I'd say Veg Pen for me personally. Brass or nickel, is it? I like nickel plate. Do you? Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Belts or wallets? For me, it's belts. Okay. You I've got no cash then, that's why. UK leather or USA leather? Uh, I'd say UK. Hmm, okay. Aston Villa or West Brom? <laughs> that's unfair, that's very unfair. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not a footballing guy, so I remain neutral. <laughs> 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 and plus, Plus, I'm going to go out there in the general public as well. Let's just say wolves. <laughs> wolves have got a lot of money at the minute. Uh, crisps or chocolate? Uh, I'll go for Christmas. I'm going to save money for time. Good man. Uh, beer or wine? Uh, wine more so than beer. Mm, bourbon or real whiskey? I'll go for the whiskey. Fact or fiction? I'll go for fact every time. Horror or comedy? Comedy. Night in or night out? Night in. That's because you're busy getting up next morning to make some bells. You know what? If I'm a night out, I get to about sort of half past ten and the brush you collapse. I remember you telling me when you came to back when you last came up to the shop and we were having a drink and uh, I spoke yeah, to you the next day, you said, God, I did really well. I were out well quarter to twelve. Yeah, my, my life's gone full circle. If, if you knew what I was like in my sort of twenties, my life's gone full circle. The thing right is, there, that's the know. time to do it though, isn't it, Steve? That, that's yeah, that's course, yeah. that's the right way around yeah. isn't it okay yeah. so the final question you are on a desert island you are going to experience all types of weather from 40 degrees to crazy hail and storms uh, and cold you can take four items of clothing with you and one drink what are they okay I think, yeah, okay, I know this one. Yeah, well, initially it would be, uh, I've got a pair of full counts which I've had for an awful long time. Okay. And I wear them on a regular basis and they've been with me for many, many years. So I, I'd, have, I'd have to go with me without a doubt. Mm-hmm. My, my, my full count 1108 would be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my barns and more belt, without a doubt. Of course. You could use that for multiple uh, things, obviously. Exactly, yes. If things get too grim, there's always that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> when that bottle of whiskey's gone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, what do I do now? Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, there's the bells. Uh, I've got four items, haven't I? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll go for a, sh- a, short, a short sleeve chambray as well. Right. Again. Okay, short sleeve chambray by who? Particular full count. Full count, yeah. all right. I'm a, I'm a big full count fan personally. Okay, mate, like that. Yep. And drink wise, I've you've go got you've got one more item of clothing. You could either take some shoes, really, a jacket, okay. or a hat. Do you know what? I'd go for my hat. Would you? I, 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 I've, got a, I've got a battered old flat cap that's many, many years. Well, it's a duck bill cap that's many years old. Uh, and I'd take that with me, I think. I, yeah, I think every time I have ever seen you, you've been wearing that very that's hat. That's the same cap. That's yeah. the very cap. Good for you. Believe it or not, I've got quite a few, but that's the one I love. Yeah, so that'd be coming with me. That's good. That's really good. And your drink then, mate? Drink of choice would be a uh, bottle of ginger ale. 
Would it really? Which I know is really lame. Mm. It's really lame. No, if you like it, you'll like it. I'm, I'm thinking that the sun might dehydrate me, so I'm thinking ahead, you see. I'm thinking I might need that sort of like <laughs> liquid refreshment in the form of the soft fruit rather than alcohol. So very I go enough. for that. Yeah, that's very practical. Good. That's very practical, yeah, that is. Uh... <laughs> I'm that kind of guy, man. I hope I get stranded on a desert island with you because I'm wearing Bermuda shorts, a vest, some flip flops, and a crate of Budweiser. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's uh, and finally, Steve, on a bit more of a personal note, mate, we should arrange another event for you to come up to the store and hand make the belts, but this time yeah, we'll, we'll focus it fully on the art of manufacturing leather products uh, and also I'll include you into a group do you do you do your own Instagram or do you do, have you got anything on Instagram yeah we have yeah it's, no, I know Bands and Moore has but do you like I'm personally no sorry but I'm with you now yeah. no no this is a company no no right. yeah that's it okay well the reason I say it is well I'll include Bands and Moore on November the 3rd we're doing a, a book launch at the store for an author that's written a book called Denim Branded, and it's all about the branding of denim and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, but what we're actually doing is doing a denim meet at the same time. So I've created a group, and I've got all UK denim guys in it, and they're all well up for it, so we're just going to have a big party. Uh, that's November the 3rd. So I so will... Wait, yeah, that's a Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, yes, it is, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah. so we're going to do book launch. It's a bit of a question answer with author and stuff like that. It'll be a nice evening. We'll have uh, a good drink and then we can just fuck off to the pub afterwards <laughs> and have a good time. <laughs> so that's about half set, half set. Yeah, <laughs> if you were, yeah. <laughs> you might make it till 10 to 12 on this night. But the, uh, the if uh, if you haven't got a personal one, obviously I'll just add bands and more in, and then you can get to know about it from that way. Yeah, thanks, Ben. I really appreciate the invite. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Cool. Well, I think that's about it from me. Glenn, have you got hotels? The, no, that's great. That's perfect from me as, as well. I'm I'm all done. Uh, if anybody that's listening to the podcast does have any questions for Steve, because uh, I feel like there's because we've never done a podcast on it, I feel like there's loads of stuff that we probably could have talked about more loads. than we haven't. Uh, just drop me an email on bennettclubbercalm.com or a DM, DM via Instagram uh, and then I'm sure we can get Steve on for a quick 20 minutes, half an hour mm-hmm. uh, answering any questions that we might not have covered this evening. That should be alright, shouldn't it Steve? Yeah, should work okay, mate. There's no reason why not. Yeah, that'd be fine. So, uh, yeah, that's it, mate. I'll let you uh, right, get guys. back to your evening. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. No, it's awesome. been brilliant, mate. It's been a pleasure. And thanks I, a lot, buddy. Uh, yeah, well, no doubt me and you'll speak again soon anyway. <laughs> We're with indeed, mate. You take care of yourselves, guys. Of course. Have a good evening. Take care, Cheers. mate. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Cool. Good one. Finally a guest. <laughs> yeah, we, we did it. Yeah, people I, still care. <laughs> I've got a question for you, Glenn. Go on. As a hardened vegetarian, mm-hmm. what is your opinion on leather? Where does it sit with you? Obviously you wear it, so I know that you're not against it, but what are the, like, where does, where are the lines drawn? You know, we're talking um, about cowhide, yeah. talking about skinning. We're talking yeah, about yeah. soaking it in, you know, like how does that as a vegetarian? How, yeah, how is that making you feel? Um, 
it's it's one of them things where I'm becoming more conscious about it. Okay. Um, so at the moment, I'm I'm all on for fighting the food side. Mm-hmm. You can't do everything. Like I was speaking to a vegan this weekend at a family barbecue, um, and we were talking about what were you speaking to this weekend. Uh, a vegan. Oh, a vegan. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and we were barbecuing and all that sort of stuff and, you know, stuff that's mm-hmm. vegan, stuff that's meat and all that sort of yep. stuff. And we're preparing it for everybody. <coughs> and we were kind of saying, look, as long as you're doing things, like, you're never going to change your world. Let's no. get that right. Yeah. Uh, and everybody's individual. Everybody's got their own morals. Everybody's got their own beliefs. Everybody does a certain thing. Yeah. So we were kind of saying, look, as long as you're doing something that's good for you, then that's fine. Because we're all fighting our own individual little battles. So without getting too deep into it, we're saying, look, if you're a meat eater, then eat the meat, but don't buy the three quid chicken. Yeah. Buy the, buy the corn-fed organic. Yeah. You know, do yourself a favour and do the industry a favour. You know, don't just buy... You know, if you're buying kebabs, you're on, <laughs> you're on a shit pile. <laughs> don't, don't buy the smackhead chicken. Exactly, don't buy smackhead chickens. Yeah. Uh, and same as like, if you're, you know, if you're being a veggie, then great. Well, again, buy organic fruit and veg, you know. Uh, and likewise, I'm guessing uh, when it comes to leather goods, I'm not there yet on the journey of vegetarianism because um, I'm not vegan, uh, I'm veggie. Uh, but still, there's so many elements to it that you just need to consider. But you, it's, I'd have to throw a lot of claws away. <laughs> I would. Um, you know, I have, and again, another thing, I have taxidermy at home. I've got loads of taxidermy. I've got loads of fucking tax all the time. Taxidermy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't, it's not something that's on my agenda at the minute because you have things that you're passionate passionate about and you you do your best on them and you 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 know that's your own little battle so for me i wear it now will i wear it in a year or two i don't know i don't know Uh, i can't answer that right now but at the minute it's not in the thought process no no it doesn't offend me at all yeah um yeah and i'm a i'm vegetarian and i'm very tanned so effectively i'm a i'm a i'm a veg tan myself (laughs) (laughs) i'm a i'm a walking veg tan (laughs) who's gonna patina brilliantly i I don't feel like i am at many these five o'clock starts from my little child um but yeah uh enjoyed that one really good um Really nice guy. Obviously, I've met met Steve, um, so that's you know that's all that's all great. Yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, he is good. he is awesome. Um, um, and we've done the belt, which you can find on our website and on his website, propercam.com. Yeah. Um, get it because it's good. <laughs> it is solid. Uh, proper sales pitch. It get actually it. comes as well. We didn't mention it when you were doing review. It comes with a little salvage denim propercam pouch for your phone needs, much like what you've got over there. Over there. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, what's uh, you 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 seem to run my podcast schedule. So what's next? Uh, next week I'm aiming to get as a cast on Tuesday. Okay, if that works. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, this time again after work, mm-hmm. and we're going to do what you suggested on the last podcast. We'll phone customers phone some customers up yeah so cool. that's what I'm putting in place at minute yeah, yeah. so it might be like four 
15 minute conversations cool yeah that's great and that'll be fun a bit yeah. different speaking uh, of customers we'll do that a little bit more I reckon uh, we just had some feedback from the last podcast I don't know if you've had any directly uh, uh, but I've, I've had some uh, just finished to the listening to the latest podcast obviously 22 that would be referring to yeah I've got to say that I'm enjoying these Ben and Glenn casts awesome to hear about denim hang being organised um Unfortunately, he can't make the date, but he's uh, wanting to bring plenty of his crew over the next time and get everybody hooked up. Where's that? That's in the UK? Yeah, on about our, our get-together. Ah, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so uh, so that's really nice. Uh, yeah. We had quite a few messages as well, people kicking off that we missed a week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we've, you know, we've done it now. We've yeah. done it. We're uh, we're it's all happened. gravy. It's happened. It's happened. It's happened. So yeah. So we're good. Yeah. No. I think it'd be good to speak to guys, like you've just said. And the week after will be a good one. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, I'm hoping I can drag RGT back on to talk Lovely. about the spring, summer, uh, autumn, winter, autumn, winter, stuff. eighteen collections. Yeah. Can we only bring them on if I get free stuff? <laughs> Please. Well, we'll see. We'll mate. ask. We'll yeah. have to, you'll have to charm them yourself. I'm a fanboy. Yeah. So. Not yeah. had any discounts yet. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. It's Other brands are available that I could push. <laughs> oh dear. You're so corporate. Uh, it's five past seven. Uh, it's time for us to go in it. It is, yeah, yeah. Uh, that were a full feature length, should we call it? Mm. Just, on, uh, yep. just on, just um, on length. No, <laughs> feature um, feature length, all that sort of stuff. Um, books. Yeah, I've started reading books again. Right. Okay. And I don't know again why. I don't know if I'm getting to that age. Um, yeah. But I, I did. I've been reading stuff on my uh, phone and stuff like that, and which is good. Uh, but I've started reading like vintage books, vintage okay. film books. Okay. And yeah. I've, I've bought a couple of books which are which are mint, um, and I think that they're going to make a comeback. You know, like vinyl did, and it come back trendy again. Oh, and all that vintage sort of books are going to make. Yeah, a comeback. I think like old school books. I think people are going to want to go back to give, actually. Give an example of an old school book. Then. Uh, I've just started reading the original Jaws book. Right, get you. Which I know is what awesome. you mean now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. you mean books that then became films? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. Uh, Sunset Lambs. I didn't know that were a book, you know, Jaws, until you educated me on that. I think you might have said it on Sunday, but I didn't know that. Before, yeah, yeah. Then. So I've got Jaws and I've got Sunset Lambs. And I've also got. A, I'm on a bit of a book thing at the minute. And I've just uh, I've just got um, Lemmy Kilmeister's uh, autobiography uh, called. It is a bad one. It's called White Line Fever. And uh, one of the things which I've learned from it, obviously I've got a Lemmy portrait tattoo, which you know, and I love him and I love Motorhead and all that good stuff. Um, But I didn't know a fact about Lemmy um, that um, his blood, if if it got that kind of transfused into someone else's body, Mm -hmm. it was that it's that toxic or it was that toxic, it would have killed him instantly. Really? Yeah. And uh, the that, I mean, I'm, I'm not an advocate for unhealthy living, and, and I don't live very healthy myself. But he must a, have been going for it. Hard I want to read it. <laughs> I'm literally just going to walk to my bookcase now, and I'm going to read you the excerpt, like the 
f- preview thing of it, and it, it's really, really funny. Okay. Just one second. You, no uh, worries. You, uh, yeah, Chat do away. something. No worries. Uh, yeah, if there's any UK listeners out there that want to come to this store for the party on the 3rd of November, just reach out and let me know, and I'll give you details on hotels, timings, uh, what time the book launch is going to start, what the plans are for the evening. Uh, I, I, I reckon as well, you know, for anybody that comes up, whoever, who actually travels to us, who's made the effort to come, we'll do like a really good deal in store as well on the day, like maybe 30% off uh, mm. all product and stuff like that. It's, it's just a bit of a way to say thanks, because then that 30% you save, you can put it towards your hotel. If yeah, you yeah. get what I mean. Uh, and we're coming up to the first birthday. Of uh, it yeah, it'll be a month, yeah, it'll be 27 days later. Yeah. Uh, so that's really good. And anybody that wants to come on the podcast and speak to us as a customer of the Supply Co, mm-hmm. just let me know. Me and Glenn will give you a ring. I mean, me and Glenn, you know, we just have a chinwag. We, we, we don't see each other as much as maybe we, we'd like to because we've got families and stuff. But, uh, yeah, so we just use the intro and outro as a bit of a chinwag. But more than happy to speak to peeps if they want to quick chat or have any questions we'll give you a call yeah reach out and let me know but glenn's back now with i am why my fever yeah um the book not literally (laughs) 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 um another thing (laughs) another thing um about lemmy Mm -hmm. did you know uh before he was in the band hawkwind Mm -hmm. um he was a roadie for Jimi hendrix I didn't, and I wonder if he played on All Along the Watchtower, because Jimi Hendrix went to a gig and watched Bob Dylan, and Bob Dylan played All Along the Watchtower, mm-hmm. you know, his version, Yeah. and Jimi Hendrix absolutely loved it, and he sort of worked out that it was four chords, which mm-hmm. is all it is, and he left the gig, he got into a taxi, and he, well, we were everywhere, and he says, right, get me lyrics to that song, right. see, see if I can record it. Uh, and they were like, uh, yeah, all right, whatever. So somebody ran off and did what they do for him. <laughs> Drove to the recording studio, even got the taxi man to come in to hit a suitcase. And he recorded that song in one night, the same night that he heard it. Wow. And it's the version that you hear today. Really? Yeah, well, it's, yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, it's just four chords. So, and they were all professional musicians, so... It were dead easy. They just noodled around, and they just let Jimi Hendrix do what he want, and he... Managed to grab lyrics off somebody. Bob Dylan had said he were alright to do it. Could play his guitar like he could play it, and that's it. Like you know, that version of All Along the Watchtower we just done. Mad. Like that. Yeah. And that's twice we brought Jimi Hendrix in two podcasts. Uh, Club Twenty Seven. Mm, I'm listening to a podcast that's a conspiracy theory on uh, Kurt Cobain. Ah. Clubbercam dot Amanda uh, yeah, sent yeah. to me via ah, WhatsApp, cool. which is really cool. It's just conspiracy theories. She sent it because she did our last podcast. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, she instantly said, if you talk about football, I'm not listening anymore. Is that what she said? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Next but, Friday, uh, Premier League. <laughs> Sorry, Amanda. <laughs> the, uh, uh, but she, you know, she said, oh, this on conspiracy theories, have a listen to this. I like to listen to it on podcasts. It's really good. Yeah, I think I'll, we should get people to, to talk about it. To it yeah. I'd love to get somebody on who's like, um, just mad into that. Mm. who like knows everything mm. that'd have to be about 20 hours so I guess I'd be like yeah but what happened though <laughs> <laughs> wait yeah <laughs> anyway uh, re- read this excerpt yeah 
So it starts off and says, uh, from well, the first one for, is from Dave Grohl, and he says, Lemmy is a god. He's the reason he's the last man standing and no one comes close. And then the, the actual real excerpt is, medically speaking, Lemmy should be dead. <laughs> <laughs> After years of notorious excess, his blood would kill another human being. This is a story of the heaviest drinking, oversexed speed freak in the business. Oversexed? Yeah. What, so he just shagged all the time? Yeah. Right, okay. And uh, the reason why they're called motorhead, because that's an American term for somebody who has, like, loads of speed. Mm. And that's why they're called motorhead. Yeah, you, you know, like smackhead chicken. It's anyway. uh, yeah. <laughs> motorhead. Yeah, it's, re- yeah. it's really funny because uh, when Lemmy died, it was a sad thing, and I was I heard it on the radio. Twenty seventh of December. What really? Fifteen, I think. Fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. And, uh, and they said that yeah, he died with his family around him in his bed, playing his favourite video games. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, just like that man did not give a shit, did he? No, did he fuck? No. He, I think he. I want to live forever. <laughs> I think he had two bottles of JD a day, and he drank full fat coke. He didn't take any medication, and he was full on diabetic. Like, well, that's not going to help. And he played video games. Were he an alcoholic then? Definitely. Oh yeah, full on yeah. And um, he uh, he used to just have a chip pan, and all he used to eat were chips. And then he'd literally just smoke stupid amounts. And when he got bored of his video game and boozing in his uh, LA apartment, he went to Rainbow Bar and Grill, okay. which is obviously which I've mentioned before to people. And they're like, "Yeah, what you got to realise is like LA is quite a big place. It's not Barnsley. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even England. No, no exactly. So uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's quite interesting. Yeah, uh, but yeah, um, if anybody cares about well, whether you care or not about Lemmy or Motorhead's music. Uh, what a mental life. What, what I like about this book that you brought out is uh, there's not many pages, so I could probably read it. That's, yeah. It's that's not very big. It seems like it just tells you all good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then it's done with. The best book I've ever, autobiography I've ever read is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's is close. Goes into politics a bit at the end. It's a bit like, yeah, yeah. Peddling uh, an agenda. Yeah. yeah. But the uh, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Unreal. Yeah, yeah. It's 24 hours listening on audiobook. Is that what it is? It's big, but it's amazing. So, yeah. Steve Jobs. What a fat cracking inventor. Well, uh, visionary. Me- me- makes amazing overs. <laughs> no. Oh, wrong man. <laughs> I'm only kidding. That's Mr. Dyson. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, let's not laugh at the dead. And is it time for us to go? It definitely is, yeah. We'll talk about it now. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks for listening. 23 down and out.